this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. I'm your host, Greg Pokricki. Your guests today are from CareerWise Greater Buffalo, Stephanie Pete and Aaron Jackson. They join the podcast to talk about the CareerWise program through Say Yes, how we can train the future of our workforce, how students can earn while they learn and set themselves up for career success after graduation, whether that be after high school or college. And we talk about the Say Yes program broadly, the benefits that it brings to the city of Buffalo. Thanks so much to them for joining and you for listening. For the audience to get a little bit better of an understanding, Stephanie, just kind of start broadly. What is CareerWise Greater Buffalo? Sure. Um, so CareerWise Greater Buffalo is a brand new initiative um, that is being powered by Say Yes Buffalo to provide um, students coming directly out of Buffalo Public High Schools with an opportunity to access the workforce much faster than if they were to go a traditional two-year, four-year route. So it combines paid um, employment, on-the-job training, and related technical instruction, um, and we're calling that modern youth apprenticeship. That's how it's defined. Um, and we are working with CareerWise USA, um, which started out of Denver and created this fantastic model that they are helping communities across the country to replicate in order to um, help young people succeed, you know, financially, professionally after um, after high school graduation. And then we have we have some guests from, you know, outside of the region and promote the podcast to folks outside of Buffalo. So just really quick, kind of your elevator speech. What is Say Yes? Because obviously this is a program of Say Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so in a nutshell, I'll try to get in a nutshell. Say it, Buffalo, we're a little over 10 years old. We are a college promise um, scholarship community um, organization. So students who are graduating from Buffalo Public and Charter High Schools and live in the city of Buffalo have access to our last dollar tuition scholarships. So that includes all of the SUNY schools, CUNY schools, um, all the Ivy Leagues, and over 100 partner colleges throughout the country. So we quickly realized that in addition to the college scholarship, there needed to be um, wraparound supports to really help families and children um, from cradle to career um, overcome the barriers that are within our school system and within our community um, and to really like wrap our arms around these kids and help them actually access the college scholarship. So we have um, well over a dozen unique programs um, to address these needs. So we have um, uh, mental health clinics in every school building so students don't have to leave school and parents don't have to take their child to counseling throughout the day. We have a Boys and Men of Color initiative, which really is a leadership development and um, advocacy uh, group for young men of color uh, to really change the narrative around how they're perceived in the media and to help them lead in their own communities where they are right now. We have our family support specialists. Um, both my colleague Aaron and I come from that world where we worked in the school buildings along with the Department of Social Services to address um, um, safety needs in the households of children. Um, we have an early childhood initiative, our little scholars, our three-year-old classrooms that are opening up. So we really try to address every single aspect um, that could potentially uh, get in the way of academic success for our students. Great. I actually meet with my, uh, my Say Yes mentee at four o'clock today. So oh, awesome. I'm a I mentee can, as well. <laughs> I can advocate for at least that part of the program. Um, so obviously, you know, incredible work. And we're here to talk 
a little bit more specifically about the CareerWise program, if folks are interested in, say, as broadly, we had David Rust on, um, it's probably two years ago now, but um, a pretty evergreen podcast. So I can link that in the description. But Aaron, I, I was doing some research on the website about kind of the idea of, of what you're calling modern youth apprenticeship. And it makes the distinction that, you know, typically students have two paths. It's either education or experience. How does this program help to kind of combine those two for, for these students? Well, first and foremost, with this youth apprenticeship, it gives the youth the opportunity to move directly into employment situations after graduating high school. I mean, how cool is that to really think about it? Because oftentimes the majority of students, you know, they really don't want to go to college. This provides them the opportunity with moving into a job situation as well. They do. We do have a college component where they can get an associate's degree with this as well. So it's work and you can have a college and associate's degree added in as well with that college experience. And with working, you can be compensated with being a youth apprenticeship in the same program what what barriers do you think that this either helps to remove or at least ease for students um i think that it's, it's good for the students that don't want to go to college where you can move right into working you can move into a career experience like many of these jobs are career experiences for the youth so it removes the barrier we have to think about i'm going to go to college i'm going to get all of these student loans some student loans that i know that people are still paying back to this day you can avoid all of that and you can gain an associate's degree as well so it has broken down a lot of barriers i work directly in the school system as a career coach and the youth are very excited about it we're in the recruitment process currently, and a lot of the students are very interested in it, where they know that there's something else that they can do outside of just going directly to college and putting off their lives or even their livelihood for the next four years while they seek that education. So a lot of the website highlights some of the critical needs that like regional economies need for certain skill positions or within certain industries. So what type of opportunities are there for these students to pursue, you know, like within what industries or, or what type of apprenticeships will these students be hopping into? What skills will they be learning? So we are focused um, um, in year one, we're, we're repeating the uh, same career verticals um, that we started off with. So we are focused on advanced manufacturing, IT, and business operations. So those are pretty broad. There are a lot of occupations within those three verticals for students to um, explore. Um, and to Aaron's point about their excitement about having this opportunity, in year one, we had uh, 200 unique um, students submit over 1,200 applications. We had some students who applied for everything. Um, because they wanted the opportunity. They were um, curious about all the opportunities that were offered. Um, and a lot of students, you know, they they don't know what the career pathways are locally. You know, they may know like maybe I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, but there's it's, there are so many things that you can do professionally. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for young people to really see that there are some really cool careers here. Um, and they have access to them. They don't have to find them on their own. It doesn't have to be trial and error. Yeah, I remember even going through college, like the value of internships, people always say is you find out what you want to do and also what you might not want to do, mm -hmm. right? And we just released um, our labor market assessment last week at a big event. And some of you know what we spoke about at the event and in some 
pre-meetings um, was the idea that like you might know where you know what your parents job was or your uncle's job is but you you really don't know the that full scope of options like you were saying stephanie it really like has the opportunity to broaden what you thought were your potential options going forward right absolutely yeah so for the company side i want to talk about you know what companies you might have involved and um i guess we'll start there and then we'll we'll talk about what they stand to gain as well yeah, so on year one, um, we had 24 apprentices hired across six companies. So Harmac Medical Products, Tesla, Moog, Rich Products, M&T Bank, and Wegmans. I had to count that in my head. So <laughs> I always get the five and, and forget. <laughs> um, so um, we have um, several of those companies who are on with us for year two. Um, and we are actively recruiting. Um, so what's, what employers get out of this, you get access to amazing talent straight out of high school. You know, we have all these students in BPS. We're the second largest school district um, outside of uh, New York. And our kids are fantastic. They're eager to work. They're smart. They're capable. Um, it's just all, there, there always hasn't been the opportunity to connect them directly to the workforce in this manner. Um, we are very intentional about our students being young people of color. So they're coming out of BPS. 80% of them are young people of color. There are over 80 languages spoken in the district. So this is a really great opportunity for companies to intentionally build uh, talent pipelines to a diverse group of um, young professionals. Um, in addition to that, we provide support from the very beginning to the very end. So we have Erin, my colleague here, um, and Shara and Jen, there are career coaches working in the schools. So they're helping to even educate young people on what an apprenticeship is. This is a new word, a new concept for a lot of them, helping them, you know, figure out what do they want to do after graduation, um, helping them to apply, helping them through the interview process. We have a boot camp where we help prep our apprentices before they even get to the workplace. And then we have an apprenticeship success coach who uh, works with the apprentices, the employers, and our higher ed partners to address any possible need that they may have. So housing, basic needs, you know, performance in the workplace, whatever it may be, she's providing case management through the entire uh, three-year journey. Um, so they're getting a ton of support um, as they're, you know, training up the next generation of this work of their workforce. In addition to that, we also offer um, unique trainings for our program um, partners that are free of charge. So some are related to apprenticeship and, you know, how to assess for competencies and how to support young people, how to onboard them, um, build, you know, bring them into your company culture. And then we have some racial equity trainings that we offer, again, free of charge because we really wanna be um, supportive of our employers and help them in their journeys of creating inclusive workspaces for um, young talent. Right. And to Aaron, to you, what what does success look like at the end of the apprenticeship for a student? I mean, when you, when you think about it, how cool is it graduating from high school and going right into a career job, going right into something that you chose and something that you love to do? That is a success in itself, them graduating and having employment right there for them. For some others, of course, it is that financial component where you don't have to wait four years in college to finally start getting what you feel like is due to you. You can go right into an apprenticeship, learn the position, get paid in the position while in the position, like you're actually there at the place of your choice. 
the place that you've chose. And a lot of these students are very excited. Once more, I, I can't say that enough, but even in my presentation, when we're recruiting the students, I tell them that just because you go to college, that does not guarantee success, but just because you don't go to college, that does not guarantee failure. And with this apprenticeship, that is exactly that. So this is, this is success all the way around. You just mentioned it, and Stephanie did before, the um, the education and recruitment component of it. Obviously, it's a relatively new program. And, you know, like you both alluded to, there's been a lot of education that you've needed for either the students, the, I'm sure the companies and onboarding them. Like, how has that whole process gone of of pitching this program and getting the buy-in really from both sides? I would take I think on that. Go ahead, go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, I think for the employers, uh, everyone is, you know, in the same boat, I think, with talent. You know, there's been retirement that was really uh accelerated due to the pandemic and folks um older professionals retiring um so everyone is really like okay how do we how do we grow our own you know you can recruit as much as you want into the area but we have all all these young people right here that we could be molding um to be the great professionals to take over you know as folks start retiring so there's a huge appetite for that i think there's a lot of trust with the um say yes name and organization and really being able to uh, bring employers into this space and help lead them to support, you know, young talent of color coming from the city of Buffalo. Um, I give our employers so much credit. We meet monthly with um, our employers. Um, just as a group, we talk about how we're uh, forming the program, what our next steps are. We get their input so that this is being co-produced um, to, you know, increase the success. They are so uh, into um, enthusiastic about our, our trainings and our racial equity offerings. Um, it's it's just a really, at, at the risk of sounding corny, it's like a really magical space to be in because you have all these people who are saying, even though they're the best at what they do, right? We're not telling them how to train maintenance techs or, or accountings. We don't know how to do that. So they're bringing what they do best. We're bringing what we do best. And we're all like deeply committed to supporting young talent. And it's just, it's really great. Um, and I look forward to, you know, the folks who come on for year two. Yeah, with the student side, I mean, think about it once more, buying into a career opportunity immediately following high school. The schools have bought in. I work between Burgard and McKinley High School. The, the staff has bought in. I'm working with seniors that are in good standing of graduating. So you're working with seniors that know that they're on the track to graduate. And now they're being presented with these employment opportunities that they can choose from and move into. Now it's good this year because we have last year's class that actually have done it and they're actually in that process. They're actually employed and they're moving forward in it. So to just know that some students that they were once in the building with are now youth apprentices and moving forward in their careers is a wonderful opportunity. And so pitching it, it's pretty much easy when you start talking to them about a youth apprenticeship, it being a paid youth apprenticeship, you start talking to them about the verticals, you talk to them about advanced manufacturing, business operations and information technology the students love it. Awesome. Stephanie, you mentioned just like the, the talent crunch that companies are obviously feeling, and that's an issue across the country. Earlier, I mentioned the LMA that we recently released, and obviously you were um, a big a big part of some of the feedback before and during the event. Um, and we spoke to over 150 community members for mm -hmm. like the input sessions beforehand. I guess just kind of, I wanted to zoom out macroscopically, like how do you think this helps the region as a whole and our our competitiveness as we start to 
really like put even more energy towards um, and intentionality towards developing this talent pipeline and, and, you know, shoring up that competitive advantage. Yeah, I think it would be wildly attractive to companies as they think about expanding here or relocating to Buffalo. The goal for this program is to be regional. So um, we're we're trying to get it right in Buffalo first and expand uh, to the southern tier, rural communities, Niagara Falls, Rochester. So um, this will really show um, companies that we have talent and their support and you accessing their talent. So you don't, it's, you're not having to do it all by yourself. Like there's true like community partnership and we have systems in place to make sure we're getting young people into these roles. Um, so I think in coming years, it would just be a really great selling point, not just for Buffalo, but for our region. Perfect. As well, to add, um, not only do you have to not worry about students any longer leaving the area to go seek employment opportunities, they can stay right here in the city of Buffalo at homegrown companies that will be here long after both you and I to have <laughs> employment opportunities. Like, they love that. Right. Yeah, that retention piece is huge. Yes. Um, well, I appreciate both your time talking here on the podcast and everything you do at, at Say Yes and for this new program. Um, it's it's super critical for the region. Before I let you go, we always end on a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions. So um, I'll ask Stephanie, you can go first and then and then Aaron second. So number one, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Cookies and cream, always. <laughs> Strawberry. All right, Stephanie, what's a uh, book or TV show that you'd recommend? Oh, books. I read a lot of books. Um... The last one that I read that was most powerful, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, that one was pretty good. I would recommend that to anyone. And if you want something lighter, Patsy by Nicole Dennis Ben. Awesome. How about you, Aaron? I would say The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. That's a great book. It's a very interesting read as well. Awesome. Do you prefer a text or phone call? Text. Don't text. call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Mrs. Pete. I would say text because I talk on the phone all day long when I get on. I don't. Phone, <laughs> it's different. Like you work with kids, so it's a lot of like phone calls. And so I, I employers don't call email. They all they do is email. So I hate it. My phone rings. I'm like, ugh. Text. <laughs> get that anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> How about um, uh, you prefer hiking or skiing? Neither. Um, I guess if I had to choose hiking because less equipment. Okay, fair. How about you, Aaron? I would say hiking as well. I've done some hiking in the past. I love it. I love being out in nature. Uh, how about Bills or Sabres? Bills. I feel like the Bills Mafia <laughs> is a little bit more aggressive than the Sabres, so I don't want any heat after this. I'm forcing my hand. Well, I would say the Sabres. <laughs> All right, fair. I'm glad we got one of each. And then uh, last question, most importantly, do you prefer, with your chicken wings, do you prefer a drumstick or a flat? Flat, fried, crispy, please. It must be crispy. Yes. She just answered it for me. Flat. If you do drumsticks, something's wrong. That <laughs> is serious business. Extra crispy. Perfect. Well, well, we'll have to go out for some wings. Thank you both very much for your time and everything you do for Buffalo. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having us. Bellringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's nonprofit 
privately funded economic development organization, bringing new jobs for our neighbors and new investment for our neighborhoods. Come grow your business with us.